God bless you, God bless you, and God bless even you. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget, where 15 minutes of your day will change, has to change. It is destined to change your entire life. I am grateful to God that he allowed us to have another opportunity together to study God's word. I pray that your last night's slumber was restful and peaceful. Let's talk to the Lord. Father, we do now bless you and we give your name praise. God, we thank you for another opportunity in this life's journey. God, we thank you for the ability of our eyes and the ability of our ears. We thank you for the ability to talk today, God. We thank you for cognitive skills that even allowed us to remember how to dial in today. It sounds so frivolous that we thank you for these things, but God, somebody had the cognizance of mind yesterday to be able to do some things, and now on today they're struggling to remember even their name. But God, I thank you that you know our name and you allowed us to know our name on today. God, I thank you for another day with brand new mercies, brand new opportunities to see your power show forth. God, I thank you for this word on today. I thank you, God, how it will transform. I thank you, God, how it will remind people of your promises. I thank you, God, of how it will change us for the better. Now, God, I pray that our ears, our hearts, and more than importantly, our spirits be open to what it is you have for us on today. Holy Ghost, be our teacher. Be our preacher. God, thank you for those that have taken of their time, taken of their slumber, taken of their uh, uh, preparation time to come on to hear what you have to say. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, I bless the Lord for each and every one of you who have dialed in. I don't take it lightly when you connect in, but I am so grateful to God that we have this time to share. On this morning, our travels take us to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Familiar passage of scripture. We're going to start at verse 25. Verse 25, Matthew, the sixth chapter, starting at verse 25, we'll read a few versions, and we'll probably read this from one more version of Scripture. We will start with the New American Standard Bible. Matthew 6, starting at verse 25, says this, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life more important than food? Is not life, excuse me, more important than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather unto barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not worth much more than they? Or, and who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. 
But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We are going to shift over. We're going to shift over to the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Again, Matthew 6 and 25 says this, This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life, for all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Consider the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They do not plant or reap or store up food. Yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They do not work or toil. And yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty like one of these. So if God has clothed the metal with hay, which is here for such a short time, then dried up and burnt, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, you of little faith? So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know your body, the things your body requires? So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with the challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And the word of the Lord is blessed on this morning. I want to share with you from this simple thought, don't be a worry ward. Don't be a worry ward. Now, some of you all may have heard the term before, worry ward. And you all, that term, is it, it comes from, you know, an old wives' tale. Um, and from what I'm understanding, that old wives' tale was that if you picked up a frog or a toad, it could give you warts. Well, that's not true. Warts are caused by a virus. You can't get them by picking up a frog or a toad. That doesn't mean you go out and you touch or lick frogs or toads. Um, but you still have some people that worry that picking up a frog or a toad will give them warts. Thus, they are worry wart. Now, mind you that a worry wart is not somebody who just worries. Is somebody who worries needlessly. Yes, I paused for effect. Needlessly, they worry. Often, sometimes, without having a justifiable reason to worry, they just they just worry. You know, and quite frankly, if you look in the dictionaries, you'll find that a worry word is exaggerating. Uh, Merriam-Webster says that it's a person who is inclined to worry unduly. Um, the American Heritage Dictionary says it's one who worries excessively and needlessly. Um, the Oxford English Dictionary says it's one who frets unnecessarily. So 
In other words, being a worry ward is accusing a person of being overstressed. But honestly, you don't know whether they are because it's their worry and not yours. And I have to be honest with you. I grew up following a worrier. My mother is a professional worrier. <laughs> I'm telling you, professional. Just worries about everything, everything. And, you know, it's some things that I found myself keeping from her for a while because she would just start to worry unreasonably. Um, and I know she's not the only one. I, I know that there's some on this phone right now that when they hear something, immediately they go into a fit of anxiety and they start talking to the Lord. And God, I need you to come through. I need you to provide. As soon as it looks like money is getting thin, I need you to provide because I don't know how we're going to get through the month. God, I, I need you to do this. God, I need you to come through. God, please don't let this happen. God, please, you know. And I mean, we have to understand, you all, that the word clearly says don't worry. Don't worry because God, our Father, knows better than we know ourselves as to what we need. This scripture that Jesus uh, recited, uh, he said, you know, he used some simple um, things that you would see in everyday life. Use the birds and use some flowers, some lilies, to be examples of God's care for his creation. Well, you say the birds didn't store up food, but they get food. The lilies don't worry about what they're wearing. They can't toil. They can't spin their clothes. But they are beautiful in how they're clothed. You all, we have to understand, ultimately, that what we stand in need of, hear me well, there is no shortage in the kingdom. Did you hear what I said? There is no shortage in the kingdom. Now, certainly in this world, they talk about economic downturn. They talk about the, the national debt. They talk about all that stuff. But that is not applicable in the kingdom. Huh? If our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, matter of fact, if he owns the earth that the cattle on a thousand hills stand on, then why are we worried? Why are we concerned about how we are going to get that thing that we never got in the first place? What do I mean by that? What you're doing right now. You know, however you're listening to me, whether it be on computer, whether it be on your phone, whatever, in your house, with your pajamas on or your clothes on or whatever, riding in your car, all that you have right now, you did not get on your own. It was provided for you by God. So if God did that, how much more will he continue to do for those who trust him. You've got to remember, if the scripture says that if we seek God's kingdom first, everything else, and I love the way the Passion Translation says it, says 
then all these less important things will be given to you. Not just given to you, but given to you abundantly. If you seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first. Well, what does that mean? Because we always hear to seek ye first. Seek ye first. Well, how do I seek God's kingdom first if I'm concerned, if I'm worried, if I'm tied up in my anxiety? I need to put a pin right there. The, the cure to anxiety is not found in you worrying about it. Actually, worrying about it is going to cause you more worry. But seeking God's kingdom is the cure to worry and anxiety. How do, how do we do it? Um, here's, here's a few things. One, seeking God's kingdom means to trust that he's going to take care of your needs. Regardless of what it looks like. See, we allow our uh, what we see to punk us out of what God has for you. Yeah, I said it like that. To, 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 to cause us to doubt what God has for us. Quit allowing what you see to overtake the vision that God has for you. You know, he, Jesus acknowledged when he was talking to the crowds about how to combat worry, he acknowledged everybody's needs, needs for food and needs for clothing. He didn't just act as if they weren't important or necessary. He was very aware that they were necessary. We always think that God is so concerned about uh, our spiritual needs and not our natural needs. God is concerned about us holistically. Again, Jesus talked about the birds and flowers being taken care of. So we can trust God that he will take care of his children. That's us. Seeking God's kingdom means to worship him in the middle. I've always told you, faith is for the middle. You know, we worry about stuff that's in the future, places we haven't even gotten to. And really, it's, it's a form of control that says, I've got to have the answers. I'm not going to feel right until I know exactly what's going on, how it's going on. I've got to be honest with you. I struggle with that. But knowing what comes ahead is a false sense of security, too, because you have no control over that outcome. But true security lies in the middle. Before we see God come through, before we see the provision, it is worshiping God right there in the middle, knowing that God is going to take care of what it is that we stand in need of. Even if our faith struggles, we can still worship because we believe and trust God for his promises. Last thing, seeking God's kingdom means to see what God is doing. Notice what the work that God is doing already, what he's doing in you, what he's doing around you, and then partner with him in it. How do you partner with him in it? Ask him. When you see God at work in your family, in your neighborhood, at your job, in your heart, ask him how you can be, you always hear me say it, a change agent to help those around you experience God's kingdom. Don't be a worry ward, but be a partner in what God is doing in the kingdom. He's already got it under control.
Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We give your name glory and we give your name praise, God. Help us. Help us to not be control freaks, God, and want to control everything. But, God, help us to trust you smack dab in the middle where trusting you is what it is that you desire from us. Not to figure out how to make things happen, but to trust you to make it happen. Help us to be a change agent today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. You all go out and have an amazingly God-blessed day.